To be sure, times are terrible, but God is greater still, as we'll see next. Join us. Take a look at the news today and you get the idea that things are terrible. And they really are. But no matter how terrible things can get, it does not usurp or overarch the fact that God is greater still. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Yesterday, we began a message called Terrible Times. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Take a few minutes, join us, and be encouraged in spite of the terrible times that surround us, won't you? Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast. God ultimately is the great judge, and he knows how to fight for every single person in this room. Can I have an amen? Look what it says here in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the who? The church has power when we learn how to pray. The Bible says that these individuals, and I've talked about this for years, these individuals knew the value and the power of prayer. So when it came to Peter being in prison, and make no mistake about it, you and I know this, his life was at stake. The church went into prayer mode, which they knew had the power to change the situation. I'm not so sure they knew how much power they're going to have when you watch this, when we read this, but it has to be clear in all of our minds that prayer is a powerful force for us as the men and women of God. But prayer can't be just something that we do when we're in trouble. It has to become a lifestyle. These individuals were intimate with the Lord. They were acquainted with his voice, and he was acquainted with theirs. And as a result of this, as they begin to pray to the God of the universe, who has all power in his hand, who is the great El Shaddai, the great El Elyon, the mighty God, the God who's created the heavens and the earth and breathed life into your body, And gave you existence. Who formed your soul and your spirit and your body. That everything about you he has created. He knows about it. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he knew Peter was going to be in this situation. And he knew he had a church that was going to pray. Can I have an amen? We got to get to this place in our lives. When we understand the power of prayer and that we're not, we're not praying to Buddha. We're not praying to Muhammad. We're not praying to Confucius. We're not praying to some false god. We're praying to the God that sits high. My God, don't get me started. I need to sit down. 
Because you start thinking about God and how powerful he is. And that when he moves, nobody can stop him. When he starts to rise, nobody can stop him. When he starts to get involved in your situation, nobody can block him. That when you begin to pray, you're praying to the God of the universe. The God that walks on water. The God that heals the sick. The God that raises the dead. The God that will take you and get you off drugs right now. That the God that will fight you your battles oh my god we're not just praying you're not praying to me you're not praying to your neighbor you're not praying when you pray to Jesus when you pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus there's power in that so when I look at the world and all the things that are going on and I see to how there's trouble and there's persecution. I love the fact that in my spirit, I don't feel afraid. I don't feel afraid. I start getting a smile on my face, Dre. I start, I start licking my lips and look, mm-hmm, God's about to move in this thing. Uh-huh. Just when the devil thinks he's got his hand on the church and he's going to choke the church out, I just remember that God said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I start remembering what God said in his word and I start, I, I start to understand that the God that we serve is so powerful. He's so powerful. Look at this. It says, and when Herod was about to bring him out, verse 6, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were, were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself, he says, and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they're past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Wouldn't you like to just walk in doors and they open without you even? (laughs) I'm going to have to preach on that. Open doors. Oh, my goodness. He just walks through. He says here. And, and they went out and went down one street and immediately angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angels and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. This is so powerful because he, he, he delivered him from the, not only the hand of Herod, but the expectation of the Jewish people. And sometimes we have to be delivered also from the expectation. People think the church 
is not going to make it. They think that the, that the body of Christ is just some, we're just religious fanatics, you know, and we'll finally be enlightened and we'll wake up and realize that it was all a fantasy and that we were just dreamers. And the expectation is, you know, we can, we can shut down this church and we can shut down that church and we can stop the voice of God over here. We can, we can, but you can't stop what God has built. And he says here in verse 12, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together doing what, y'all? Praying. They were praying. They were praying because they believed in the power of prayer. They're praying because they had developed an intimacy with God and they knew God's track record. And how they, if you read the, read the book of Acts, these people were acquainted with his handiwork and they knew that he, was, he, could, he would move. You know, we as the body of Christ, we need to stop and realize that we are the most powerful people on the face of the planet because when we pray, God answers us. I mean, how many times, how many, every, every four years or every four to eight years, we get mad all over again because we're trying to ask somebody that's in the White House to do something that we should be doing on our knees <laughs> daily. Stop arguing and fighting and gossiping and being mad at everybody. Get on your knees and say, Jesus, you are the king of the universe. Help us. Help the body of Christ. Help people and help us to be a blessing to people and get stuff out of our hearts so we're not wrong and we can get in alignment with you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. And he tells us that he'll hear from heaven and then he'll heal our what? But let me say this, saints, that's too easy. It's too easy. And not only is it too easy, that doesn't work. I prayed. But when you look at this Bible and you see these people were there and they knew the power of, the, of prayer, even in the midst of troubling times, they knew what to do. But look what happens here. He says here in verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking and when they opened the door and saw him, they were what? Astonished. And this is what happens for all of us. We got to get to a place where we lose our astonishment over God's response to our prayer. It, it has to become our expectation. Can I have an amen, y'all? In the midst of troubling times, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of people not liking Jesus Christ, and having a problem with the church that stands for righteousness. In the midst of all that, we have to be individuals that stop and learn to pray to the point and get to the point in our faith where we're no longer astonished. It becomes our expectation. We pray with expectation. We don't allow our hearts to be gripped with fear. 
We don't allow ourselves, oh, what's going on in the world? Oh, my goodness, I can't go outside. I need to buy some Y2K packs. I got to get some. We got to do, we move it to the mountains. We got to get on higher ground. Everything's going to flood. And then people start panicking. We going in, we going in, oh, you go in somebody's garage and it's all full of, you know, thousand day food packs. Now, I understand, I understand what people are doing, but if we start getting motivated by fear by what we see on TV or in the world, then we're not resting in the hand of Almighty God, knowing the power of our prayer life. Can I have an amen, y'all? Understanding the power of it. We have to get to a place where we're no longer astonished. This story is beautiful because it teaches us that even though they were praying to a certain degree, they, they were surprised by what, they were astonished by the power of their prayers. We want to learn from this and, and say, if, this, if God is capable of doing this for them, then God is capable of doing this for us, no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what comes at us from the devil. No longer are we astonished. We're expecting God to move on our behalf. Can I have an Amen. But motioning to them, verse 17, with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He was brought out of the prison because he was unjustly kept. There's no greater just judge than the God who sits high on his throne. And he knows if somebody is doing something unjustly to you or I, he knows how to fight your battle. And to respond on your behalf. The problem is, is that we haven't learned to give him some time to work it out. Then when he rescues you, and when he sets you free, when he defends you, there's no one that can change his verdict and his decree concerning your life. I could go through this Bible. And talk to you about so many individuals like Abraham. And like Joshua. And, and, and just, this, the, the, the Bible's just full of it. Of individuals that, that were in an unjust situation and God rescued. And came in and fought for their behalf. On their behalf. He knows how to fight. It may not look the way that we want it to look. But how many know God knows how to get the job done? He knows just how to get the job done. And so here, I love what he says. He says here, he says, but, monitoring, but, but motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison and said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. Now watch this. But when Herod had searched for him and, and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. God has a way of reversing things for you. And doing it his way. God has a way of reversing things for the church. 
At the end of this age, the Bible talks about the great harlot church who rides on the beast. One day I'm going to teach you on this out of the book of Revelation, who rides on the beast. The great harlot church has, has joined herself with the spirit of this age and has become intertwined with it to the point that she is riding on the beast. The beast is carrying her to a place. And we have to be watchful because during this time, the Bible says this, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so they did the false prophets. They did the same thing to the false prophets. The message that we preach has an edge. It cuts. It helps all of us to see that we have to repent of our sins, turn to Jesus, come to him, and that there is a dying out aspect to walking with Jesus Christ. He accepts you. He loves us. But the way in the door is also through repentance. Repentance gives us access. We have to learn the value of that word again, that I have to change my mind and go in a different direction. That is what Jesus preached. But we've created a monster. And then we start riding the monster. And this is what the harlot church has done. Everybody like me. Everybody like me. Everybody like me. He says harlot because, because we as a church, we'll just lay around with anybody. And with anything. As long as it's going to help us big build big build big buildings and, and give us money and, and feel important. And, and you, everybody, look, listen to our worship and our lights and our smoke and our woo. <laughs> and Jesus is sitting back saying, what about me? And now the church should never go around trying to pick fights. But we should always be willing to stand for what we know to be truth through God's word. Now, we're not going to pick a fight, but we're not going to back down from one either. But the, the world wants us to back down. Don't talk about that. Be quiet. Don't ruffle any feathers. And I'm saying, we don't want to pick a fight, but we're going to stand for Jesus. Peter was thrown in jail because he was faithful to God's commission. He was in jail, but the word of God was not changed. He stood in prayer, helped to liberate him, and helped to push the message and him into purpose and destiny. And for all of us, saints, we got to continue to pray for one another. Pray for our country. Pray for the nations. Pray for the things that are going on in the world. Pray for your brothers and sisters that are in different countries that are suffering right now. Pray for the body of Christ. Pray for humanity that everyone will come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we would get to know him and fall in love with him. This is what we're called to do. We can't be off on these little tangents. We got to look at the big picture and say, God, help us. To align ourselves with your will. 
This man of God goes forth, and we read the Bible, God uses him mightily. But yet and still, Peter, he died for his faith. But you know what? Even though he died, his life is still speaking. And my prayer is, is that when God takes all of us home, that we all have the testimony that though this person is not here, their life is still speaking though. Because they stood for Jesus. They stood for the word of God. And though there were troubling times, they didn't become afraid. They were emboldened through prayer. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning and we thank you that we are called. We are chosen. You've drawn us out of darkness and bondage. And, Lord, as we pray, we pray as people that have been established by you and called by you. And we are not afraid of the future of the church. You've said in your word that all the kingdoms of this world will fall, but your kingdom will stand and remain. The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Lord, help us to thrust ourselves into kingdom, into kingdom living, into a kingdom mindset into a kingdom perspective, into a kingdom way of doing things. Lord, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Lord, it doesn't mean that we don't enjoy ourselves on this planet, but it does mean that we understand what we're dealing with. Lord, we are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. To the Jew first and then also to the Greek. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, we thank you that you have chosen us to be in this last day's battle. Help us to never compromise your standard for the sake of being pleasing to men. We want your applause, Lord. We want you to be pleased. In the same way that you admonished the Apostle Timothy through the Apostle Paul. And the same way that you admonished Peter and encouraged him and strengthened him by sending your angel. I pray for divine assistance to be released to us. Whoo, my goodness. Lord, I pray that you would dispatch angels for your church. That you would dispatch warring angels that would fight on our behalf. And that, Lord, that any injustice that has taken place... For the body of Christ, that Lord, you would begin to move by the power of your hand. And that Lord, you would issue the verdict. And that you would make it perfectly clear. Lord, open doors for the gospel. Open doors for the power of God to be released. God, put us before people that, that, whose hearts are open to hear the word of God. Lord, expose the darkness that is trying to, to, to overshadow the church and raise up your true church, Lord, and give us, give us more platforms to, to get the word of God out. Lord, we're not afraid of the persecution that comes as a result of that. We're asking you, God, to have your way. Lord, right now, even in the school systems where our children are being bombarded, with all kinds of perversion and teaching that is designed to pervert their minds, even towards the things of God. 
God, we pray that you would raise up, Lord, voices even on campuses that will speak truth in the midst of darkness and that help our children to understand that God truly is real. And Lord, we just ask that as we go through this time that your peace would rest upon us and that we would do what we do with a smile on our face, knowing that God You are the God that answers by fire. You are the great justifier. God, we give you praise because you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding.